I don't think there's a made it moment. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, I don't expect to have that moment. Um, I, that moment I think is, a, I, I, if I reach it, I'm going to hopefully recognize that's a lie. The false, the false <laughs> right? peak. Yeah. Uh, there is no peak. Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, a- Amazon's still trying, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Google is still trying uh, every day to get bigger and better and and do things uh, differently uh, for tomorrow. And sure. so, uh, you know, once you say, ah, I'm the best, you're probably going to get knocked over pretty quick. Uh, and that's, that's the thing. Uh, it is a, uh, one of the things, especially in, in, at least in consulting is it's, it's hard to remain static. If you're remaining static, you're probably falling behind. Hey everyone, I'm Palmer Higgins and welcome to the Big Time Small Business Podcast. I interview owners, operators, and founders of the small businesses you see every day but don't hear enough about. We talk about the obstacles they have faced, the successes they have earned, and where their business is going to inspire and inform you in your own career. On this episode, I speak with Colin Campbell, founder and CEO of Stratosphere Consulting, a national consulting company with an expertise in case management which made it to number 488 on the Inc. 5000 list thanks to their 1,000% growth over the past three years. Operating as an entirely distributed company with no corporate office, Stratosphere has doubled their workforce for the past three years in a row. Colin shares what it's like managing what he calls constant organizational change management in such a fast-growing company, how he works on the business while still staying relevant to those working in the business, and his thoughts on process improvement in small businesses. Colin Campbell, founder and CEO of Stratosphere Consulting. Thanks a lot for being on the Big Time Small Business Podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. So uh, uh, being in the beginning of a podcast, I get a lot of firsts. Uh, this is going to be the, my first uh, consulting company. Uh, and it's been on the technical side. So I'm going to, the first question is, can you describe in layman's terms for me and for everyone else, what is Stratosphere Consulting? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so Stratosphere Consulting focuses on um, a particular software uh, called Pegasystems. They're located in Cambridge, Massachusetts. They were founded in 1983 uh, by a man named Alan Treffler. They are really the, the world leader in case management uh, software, and they have a, a really, truly exceptional and transformative platform that we happen to have a particular expertise in. And uh, that's that's what we do. We actually come in and implement that software uh, for uh, clients of Pega. So and, as an independent company. And case management means what? <laughs> so if you think about work, um, it used to be uh, that, that the, the term was a, a folder or a case or, or something like that. You, you have a bunch of papers all collected together in a, a manila folder, right? And you'd, you'd hand that around via inter-office mail or uh, put it on someone's inbox in the desk. Well, uh, case management uh, really manages that work in an electronic fashion. Uh, and it can get very complex. You know, in, in the real world, if you imagine that, that manila folder full of papers, it, it may also have other manila folders in it that some other group kind of tipped in there as uh, ancillary work to the main, you know, piece. 
Uh, but but really what you're trying to accomplish is is resolving that for whatever uh, customer that particular uh, case uh, or, or folder of work uh, revolves around. And so that's what uh, Pegasystems as a platform does. Um, and that's what uh, we uh, as Stratosphere uh, try to implement for our particular customers. Sure. Uh, but your customers are, when we're talking, Stratosphere Consulting is a business uh, would be classified as a small business, but the customers that you deal with are anything but. They're very, very large. And this is this software is business process uh, management and optimization on steroids. Uh, that's probably a great way to put it. I don't represent Pegasystems uh, in any way, so I'm, I'm not speaking for them in any sense during uh, any part of this talk. However, good disclaimer, <laughs> right? Have to throw that in there. <laughs> have to, um, have to add that. I think my my lawyers are ringing me now. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, they uh, they really what they do is is pretty impressive. Uh, it, it is uh, a an enterprise scope sort of software. Uh, and I've, I've just seen it do some pretty fantastic things for organizations and, and have been fortunate enough to be a part of some of those. Sure. So uh, can we sort of seal the deal on on framing for listeners what Pegasystems can do? I know you can't talk about uh, client names per se, but can you give us an anecdote or an example of, hey, we came into this client, this was the issue, we implemented this software and, and achieved whatever outcomes, sure. whatever it may be. Absolutely. In whatever context. So we've done this particular uh, piece of work for a, a couple of state agencies uh, at this point. So this is this is one that, that might resonate with people. Think think about going to get uh, a license for something. You would have to, as a as a person who wanted to get this license, go to whatever the nearest office happened to be for the state for that particular field. For example, you know, let's say it was a phlebotomist or something getting a license, right? I have to go down to some agency, uh, go get a form, fill it out, hand it in uh, or mail it in and then wait. And you don't really have any visibility into where that where you are in the process. You know, there's multiple reviews, and so internally, some some staff person would get that application. They check it for correctness. Maybe they would have to reach out to you uh, as the applicant and gather some extra information if you've got to fill something out correctly. Uh, point being, has to go through a number of steps to get approved uh, or denied and, and, and remediated. So it could take a long time. Mm -hmm. um, what we've done in a few different places now is, is actually take that all online. Uh, so I submit it and it's off to some review board. I, you know, I kind of know who the, those people are perhaps, but uh, I don't really have any visibility. Uh, but online, I know exactly where in the process my application is. And if I log back in, hey, I can see it's now moved on to this particular step in, in the approval process. Uh, I might even be able to get an, uh, an estimated time uh, for approval or something like that. Uh, and the system on the backside gets to encourage uh, speed of processing uh, with SLAs or service level agreements so that uh, it, it starts increasing the urgency of a particular piece of work so that the the longer standing items in the queue maybe get bound, bumped up a bit and then there's a little more urgency to process those through and you keep better timeliness as a result. So the end result is a much better overall user experience for, for the constituent. And before we hit the record button, you were telling me about some cases, not the uh, fictitious uh, phlebotomist or <laughs> or uh, or the the fishing license, but where you you've taken approval timelines or process timelines from 
you said 40 days down to right three hours so and, and this one is uh, i know this happened uh, to be stated at a conference so I, it's considered public <laughs> public knowledge excellent at this point but um this the state of maine using this software itself uh had an issue it was the first uh application they did with pegasystems uh had a blocked claims uh, issue. So people who had submitted unemployment claims, something was wrong and the, those unemployment claims were blocked and, and they weren't getting resolved for up to 40 days. Uh, and that's that's a long time to be waiting for you know money so you could eat and, and, and maybe pay your heating bill or, or all those things that you need that for. And uh, they created a system in PEGA to uh, you know automate that. And it brought down the average time to four hours. And that's that's a massive and impactful change in people's lives Absolutely. Uh, to be able to resolve these different pieces because it allowed different um, people and organizations to talk in, in ways that they hadn't ever done before. And uh, that that's really one of the most powerful you know ways of uh, of of doing business. Sure. So I want to I want to make sure I don't stray too far away from the business of stratosphere, although I think the the, the case studies of of Pega is are, are very interesting, but I want to go to the dawn of, of Stratosphere. You, you mentioned that you have a history with Pega Systems. You worked for them previously, uh, and now you're not affiliated with them, but you're definitely tied to Pega Systems in that you're you're doing implementation and onboarding for Pega Systems with clients. So, can you talk about the dawn of Stratosphere uh, and sort of what made you make that make that leap? Sure thing. Um, so it, interestingly enough, uh, Stratosphere really began as one of those bar napkin conversations of, you know, if we ever get the chance, we should. And why? Uh, why do you say that? Well, we, we saw uh, in the industry a need for some of the higher order talents that we could supply in terms of software architecture. Uh, and that, that's, you know, something, you know, systemic to the industry. There's, you know, there's a, a certain percentage of people who can do really high level architecture pieces. Uh, and I happen to be sitting next to a, a person uh, who also did kind of that same sort of high level thought uh, doing really doing things. Uh at a level beyond the average developer, right? Uh, and so the two of us were saying, you know, if we were going to start a consulting company, we were both consultants at the time, uh, we would want to create a company, A, we would want to work for, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and then B, we would create a company that was doing uh, really enterprise-level thought leadership and and really focused on that. And that, that was what we kind of sketched out on the napkin and saying, you know, if we ever get the chance, we're going to do that. Uh, and this, you know, this was, you know, some, some, quite some years before Stratosphere happened. Uh, and so I had, uh, left Pegasystems at, at, at one point and had taken another, uh, job because I'd, I'd been traveling uh, a lot with Pegasystems and I happened to get a call from someone I had worked with in the past who said, you know, this, we have an opportunity, uh, that you might be interested in. And, uh, so I thought about it. Um, they, you know, I either come back and, you know, into the, the Pega ecosystem. And so it was, I had never worked for myself before. Uh, and so it was kind of a big deal <laughs> just to put it lightly. And I consulted some friends who had done their own businesses. You know, how did you start out? What, what do you think, you know, what, sh what should I do here? What's my move? And, uh, a good friend of mine, basically said, Hey, you're, you're 40 years old. <laughs> you, uh, you, you have time to recover if this doesn't work out. 
And, and that's really was uh, kind of the tipping point as I, I sat back and said, okay, what's, what's the worst case scenario here? Well, I still would be doing pretty well as an independent consultant on my own and or working for some other company because the skill set that uh, it comes along with Pegasystems uh, development knowledge, it, it's pretty rare, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, in, in, in general terms, and it's pretty highly sought after. So fortunately, I was in a niche market uh, where I, I really wouldn't have to worry about work that much. Uh, so that, that really was the tipping point for me to be able to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to take this chance. Um, I think uh, there's there's enough of a window of work uh, that I can kind of see ahead of me that we'll we'll do what we can to fill in after. Uh, and so uh, four and a half years later, we're still filling things in. So it's it's been good. You know, in terms of working kind of with the software uh, vendor themselves, so Pegasystems is really a platform, uh, and and it does it does as I, I said a lot of things really well. Uh, but they're they're primarily a software vendor, and so they do rely on a partner ecosystem for for a great deal of their implementation. And so that was kind of what we were we we're plugging into is uh, you know as a software vendor they're they're selling software licensing, yep. and they they do provide a number of services as well. Um, but the the you know the the scope of their clientele kind of far exceeds that, uh, and you know they want to be able to focus on being a software company first, and sure. so that part. part Partner ecosystem is is mutually beneficial, and is that because the, is the implementation so custom to the organization and the process that they're trying to optimize for that that that's what needs sort of the, the more highly curated take the platform and mold it to fit the customer in a in a highly customized way, right? And so, uh, Pega itself is is considered a a no code or low code solution, so it's actually very different than you would think uh, most uh, software development. Uh, is I mean uh, it's all very configuration driven, um, but uh, the platform itself it, it is an interesting selling point. It can do anything, and that's the power of it. Is it's this very uh, powerful engine that has a broad applicability. Now it also has uh, particular pieces built on top of it that Pegasystems uh, leverages, uh, such as a customer engagement platform. Uh, there's a you know different industry vertical components as well that kind of help you get a jump start to uh, where you're likely headed. Um, but at the end of the day, you're trying to configure the, the platform to do address a particular business problem, right? So it's not a series of point solutions per se from, from Pega or even from, from us. Uh, those point solutions are configured in the platform and that's where we fit in. Okay. So I want to dive a little bit deeper uh, into that sort of configuration piece. So for, for non-techies, when you're talking about it's a it's a low code, you know, high configuration type uh, type platform. Can you describe a little in a little bit more layman term detail what sure. that means? Uh, so there's a, a whole uh, industry paradigm shift uh, toward low code, no code, uh, and so code is expensive. Uh, the the people who write it are expensive. <laughs> the the uh, long term maintenance of the application is expensive. Changing the application is expensive, uh, and so there's been this uh, push to low and no code solutions where you actually have a uh, a business community that can now get involved with the application development because you have screens that are really a a, a WYSIWYG or what you see is what you get right so you can drag and drop things into a screen and design that and say, yes, that's what I want. Uh, and, and you can really kind of craft your 
application without a great deal of uh, input from those technical individuals. Now, uh, we're we're primarily technical people who work on this, so some of those configurations um, are you know more complex than others. Um, you know, the more uh, complex and detailed the app, then then obviously you're going to need more people who are familiar with how to build that sort of thing. Uh, but for for you know basic applications to get you moving, it's something a citizen developer, quote unquote, uh, can do. And uh, so that's kind of the the no code movement in in a, a nutshell is sure. anybody can do this. So so then the obvious question is if it's built in a way that anyone can do it and sort of the users can sort of help themselves on sort of an a la carte kind of menu what is what is your role in between pegasystems the platform and the client who's got a business process that they want to streamline or optimize or enhance or whatever right so a lot of the the general scope of our work starts with uh, really looking at what their business process is. We, we would love in most cases to start with a process reengineering effort. And that's because when, for example, you're, you're starting with a paper process, uh, you, there's a very different way of working when you have a piece of paper in your hand versus when you're on a, a screen, all, all the, you know, the data, uh, the information architecture around that, like how you present data is different. And so I might have uh, a state field on my form and it's just, you know, state colon small underlined box for you to fill in ME or NH or MA or whatever. Uh, online, I probably don't want people typing that in. I probably want them to select that from a list of valid states um, so that they don't make a mistake mm -hmm. and then mess up all my data. <laughs> so that's, that's, you know, that's one small uh, piece there. And if I'm, for example, in the state of Maine, then I probably want that drop down to be defaulted to ME so that 90% of the people that are, you know, working on this application uh, don't have to make a selection at all. And so it's thinking of those things um, in advance for the user getting that process, uh, you know, cutting out unnecessary steps of the process now that the the paper process is out of the way, those things can all all happen, but it's a different train of thought around how to kind of manipulate that. So yep. that's the starting piece. Sure. <laughs> so I'm going to pick up on that because, sure. I mean, you're, you're talking about a level of, of introspection and thought on business process that when I, I'm going to relate this now to Stratosphere, you know, we're talking about a small business um, it's sort of hit or miss where, you know, y you, you have that level of, of introspection or frankly, you have the time in order to think critically about your business processes to sort of make them a little bit more streamlined or make them a little bit more efficient. So when it comes to stratosphere, you have, you don't have a, a dearth of, of smart business process optimization minded people. Uh, so I want to relate this to sort of how you've built stratosphere to be efficient yourself in delivering your service, which is a consulting service to clients, uh, and sort of how you've taken that framework and applied it to your own business. Great. <laughs> uh, it, it is, uh, and, and that kind of ability to tie that in, we're, we're not always good at it, you know, in terms of internally, because, and that, you know, that falls to me. Uh, ultimately is your do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. Well, you're, you're as in most small business, you, you're very client focused. Yeah. Uh, you're very growth focused or, or we are. Uh, and so we, we usually feel the pain as an indicator of when we need to 
advance the process. But that's that's really true of everyone. That's not that's not the end of the world. Uh, it's uh, very uncommon to be able to predict the pain. <laughs> Never mind accurately. Uh, and so we, we advocate this for our clients. And process isn't something that you do and forget. Uh, in fact, that's... I mean, well, a lot of people wish that were the case. <laughs> exactly. And, and equally for software now as well. The things that are, are changing in uh, the world change fast now. There's not... Any, there's no such thing as just kind of deploy an application to forget about it. Uh, you're going to have to have you're going to have to maintain that application uh, long term and make updates to it because things are going to change. You're going to want to have that flexibility, and that, and that's one of the, the other things we really love about uh, working with the the Pega platform. But back to your question, um, in terms of internally, uh, it really is just being somewhat self-aware of what things are causing a problem uh, and really looking across your business about, all right, we we could have done that better. Why, what did we miss, right? And, and if, we, if we don't have a process at all, let's write down what that process for doing this thing is. And we don't need to get it 100% right. Let's just think of the things we have. And sooner or later, something else will come up and it won't be in the process. So add it. And next time it'll be there. And that continual sense of, of, of process evolution uh, is really the key. It's, it's not about getting it perfect. It's about getting it just good enough. Mm -hmm. uh, or you end up just stuck in this paralysis of you analysis know, paralysis. Right, exactly. And it's, yep. it's really, it's just a grocery list. I mean, so let's, let's not be too worried about it. Let's get it close and see what breaks. And when you feel that that pain, when something breaks, all right, what do we need to put in place so that doesn't happen anymore? Or make the decision, that's never going to happen again. It's, we're okay. We don't need to, you know, <laughs> legislate this to death. Sure. So uh, that's something we talk about a lot internally is the, the perfect is the enemy of the good. Uh, and especially, I think... Uh, I think it's definitely applicable to all businesses. I think it's more acute in small businesses where the org charts are smaller uh, and the need to to move quickly with imperfect data because the reality is to get perfect data, it's going to take too long and the decision is going to be way, way by you. Um, the problem with that is, uh, and, and a raging debate internally, I'd like to get your thoughts on is, you know, at some point you kind of you have to be right. Uh, and and you, there, there are times when you need to be more perfect and times when you need to be more good enough. Um, have you found that in your business? And then, and how, how do you sort of weigh the two of, you know, this is one where we just need to pick a decision and go and we can iterate. And this is one where, you know, we gotta, we gotta nail it or have a higher degree of confidence that we're going to nail it. I think there's no such thing as hundred percent confidence, but you know, you got to get a lot closer to a hundred. Yeah. So I, I, I use that phrase as, as well, right? So the, the perfect is the enemy of the good, but also good is the enemy of great. Uh, and so those two together really give a, a great juxtaposition of, of where we adjust those tolerance dials, right? Um, good is, is good, but it's not great, right? So it's, it's really filling in the margins uh, around good to make it great. Uh, that really helps you excel at something. Uh, and you know, for, for us in building out stratosphere over the years and, and developing those, uh, you know, those, those processes and whatnot. Uh, yeah, you get, when you talk about process, process is designed, uh, I think to a degree around risk tolerance, eventually you're going to have to make a decision around this is going to cover pretty much all the real world situations or, uh, you know, 
based on you know the risk I have, I have enough data to feel comfortable making a decision. It could be the wrong one, um, but the risk is such that I'm willing to make that. And that making those right bets, I mean, they are ultimately a bet. <laughs> I mean, um, are, are what help you survive or not. And so uh, you don't want to just be flipping coins, uh, but you may come to a decision that is, you know, kind of 50-50 and you just need to decide whether you're, you know, what 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 things weigh in your favor or, or against you in, in pursuing that and if you're going to commit to it. To me, it's commitment is the biggest differentiator uh, in terms of, of whether that, that coin flip is heads or tails. Sure. So sort of two things that I want to uh, sort of tack onto that uh, and sort of expand is you, you mentioned that you're, you're managing a very growth focused company when you talk about your company stratosphere uh what hasn't been mentioned uh, on the show yet um but you manage an entirely distributed workforce no office everyone's scattered across the country part of that is uh, you need a level of technical expertise with the pega system in order to be able to execute with your job so uh what are some of the the complexities uh to managing a growth focus which i mean, assume means high growth oriented company that is totally distributed in a fairly technical system you know what are the, some of the business complexities that that fall to you or to other people in your team that that sort of creates so uh we we are absolutely uh been growing pretty pretty well uh it's never good enough for me but, <laughs> um that that probably will will always be true uh we were fortunate enough to be selected 488th on the inc 5000 list so we made the 500 um there's a magazine out there with with our name on it uh uh not on the front but you know <laughs> so but we were pretty happy with that and, and it wasn't Really, we weren't trying to make the list. We were just doing what we did and wanted to grow a company. That means um, your growth rate is public, so you want to share it? Uh, I, it was something like a thousand percent over the last three years. So not too bad. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, so we. <laughs> I mean that that's that is transformational growth on a on an annual basis. It is pretty, and it's difficult to manage. It, it is. It is pretty much constant uh, organizational change management. <laughs> so so let's, far, let's let's talk about it. We, absolutely. Um, so where do we start? <laughs> uh, in terms of you know, we, we started out with me, uh, and then uh, one of the people I had uh, that conversation on the back of a bar napkin with, uh, I. I called him up and said, Hey, I'm, I'm doing a thing. If you're interested, you should come on board. And he said, no. <laughs> uh, so I said, okay, I get it. Um, and then a few months later, he, he called me back and said, Hey, I, I think I have a place I can slide across to and, and be part of this. And I said, all right, let's do it. Um, and so it was two of us for, for quite a while because we really wanted to iron out the kinks of how do you run a company? I, I didn't go to business school. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. Um, and, and I think that uh, is daunting for, for a lot of people. I, I'm like, you know, the, plenty of people fill out, uh, you know, W-2s for people. I could probably figure that out, you know. Plenty of people do this. Um, but, you know, by the end of that second year, we had grown to about six people. Uh, a few people we we knew and trusted and, and had opportunities for as we we started to make an impact in our our various uh, clients, and uh, then it was fifteen, and now it's nearly thirty, and so it's 
Yeah, if I can double each year, that'd be that'd be all right. <laughs> I think a lot of people would take that. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're talking about a level of change that's that's uh, complete across the organization. I mean, just from a human human capital perspective, you're talking about doubling the the workforce essentially every single year, finding them, bringing them on board, training them, developing them, making sure they are bought into your culture. Not to mention, you got to find the clients. Maybe they're fine. Maybe growth is so good because they're finding you. But you got to deliver the service well. Otherwise, you won't get you won't get more clients. So, you know, how do you how do you manage that, or do you manage it? Wh- whose job is it to manage it versus uh, you know, in a consulting company who's going out there and actually serving the client? Right. So, and, and you you touched on it earlier that I didn't quite get to. So, uh, distributed workforce is is a big part of what we do. Uh, because we are a consulting company, we are working for other companies. And so our, our, our team or, or just individual people will end up working for some other company on their behalf. Um, you know, can, I, I tend to draw the line where, where, uh, say a, a contractor, uh, is someone who does things you already know how to do. A consultant is someone who helps you do things you don't know how to do. There's I like a difference. That. I like that. Right. So. Uh, we, we tend to think ourselves as, as consultants and try and place ourselves in positions where we are that trusted leadership and, and say, you know, we have, we have a journey we can take you on. You, we want you to lead this journey, but we're going to help you on the way. Um, now, finding the, the talent to do that uh, in a niche market uh, that is very competitive uh, can be difficult. Uh, is difficult. <laughs> Com- competitive meaning Pega Systems is is going up against other platforms, or competitive in that there are other stratospheres out there that are also implementing Pega Systems, and they're just as smart and just as knowledgeable about the platform. It, it's a little of both, um, but it, it is really trying to find kind of the best Pega, uh, you know, architects out there, and and that also fit within our company culture. Uh, you know, when I, I said we wanted to create the company we wanted to work for, and uh, that's important to continue. And, and it's, it's hard to keep doing at scale. Uh, and, and there's, there's temptations to make exceptions, uh, and, and, and just to fill a, a role somewhere, but the, the damage is far, far greater than, um, you know, one, one client's worth of billing. Right. So, um, we, so, and so what is that? If I could interject, what is that culture? So what is that company that you would want to work for? So what, what defines that? I'm assuming when you're saying, you know, you could, you could make a mistake by filling a role. It's, it's hiring someone who might be technically savvy in the PEGA platform, but doesn't fit the, the core values or the culture you're looking to, 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 to embody. So what are those? Well, so I want to maintain the, uh, even as we grow the, the sense that we're, uh, you know, a small company, like that, that sense of cohesiveness, uh, I, I think that's, you know, not really earth shattering news, right? Everybody kind of wants to try and maintain that. Um, the one team, one dream. Right. Mentality. You know, there's, there's I, I'm sure like Amazon and Google are out there saying, you know, no, you know, they're, they're not out there saying your, uh, employee number is 17,502. You Go you, right? Um, everyone wants, wants to feel that because ultimately everyone wants to get up in the morning uh, with the, the belief and hopefully accurate belief that what they do matters. Uh, and, and that's that's really what I've I've tried to foster a, a recognition of in, in the work we do. Uh, fortunately, we we do a lot uh, of work in the public sector, uh, state and federal uh, levels, and a lot of what we do directly impacts people's lives, uh, hopefully for the better. Uh, and so, 
um, that's that's something to recognize, you know, as a as an employee and say, you know, we're not um, we're not just building some application for some company. You know, this is there the the user of this is actually going to get a benefit and and, and uh, not just some marketing scheme, <laughs> you know, on behalf of uh, some conglomerate. So um, that's part of it. But also, uh, you know, I've been very vocal about saying. Uh, and, and trying to find the people that fit the mold of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, if you if you work with Stratosphere, and, and I use the word with uh, very uh, meaningfully here, uh, if you work with us, we want you to bring and develop your own brand of, of who you are in the marketplace. Uh, I, I would rather have uh, 30 people that are known in the industry um, that happen to work for Stratosphere than 100 people that work for Stratosphere. Interesting. So that, that actually gets to something that I wanted to talk about, which is sort of the organization of Stratosphere. A bit of it is just tied to the organization of a, of a consultancy, uh, which is a little bit different than another, a different kind of business. Um, you know, is it, are you 30 essentially mini business owners who are tackling specific projects, maybe in mini teams? And so everyone's out there doing a little bit of uh, client development, business development, uh, implementation, client service. Uh, a little bit of, you know, mentoring, maybe uh, more junior people or newer people, or are you structured um, more like a traditional organization where you have, you know, salespeople out there winning work, you have implementation specialists doing that, uh, you have, you know, corporate people who are helping to manage the whole thing, you know, how, how is Stratosphere structured? And is it, is it sort of, has it evolved at all over time as you scaled up? We're, we're basically a loose anarcho collective. Um, <laughs> so, I encourage everybody, uh, or, or would encourage uh, everybody that's working with us to to really kind of do what they love uh, and and find their niche. So not everybody likes doing business development. Not everybody likes doing uh, product leadership. Nobody, uh, you know, not everybody likes doing A, B, or C, right? And so uh, my job is to try and find a, a place for people that they're doing, uh, you know, quote unquote, living their best life, right? Is what are you what are you good at and what do you love to do? Where, where do those intersect? Uh, and hopefully there's a place for us, uh, for you with, with Stratosphere that, that, that works. With the caveat being they have to be knowledgeable about the PEGA platform? Usually. Okay. Uh, or, or, or willing to be. Does, so. so does Stratosphere have anyone that is not focused on or does, is not technically aware of the PEGA platform? No. Got it. No. I, I, absolutely. I mean, we're, that is our uh, uh, bread, butter, uh, <laughs> yeah, you so you're so you're, just, you're almost like a distributed team of solopreneurs, all under one banner of Stratosphere. Um, that I, I'd like to hope so. Yeah, yeah. That, that that is the idea we we're we're trying to suggest. Uh, yeah. Where uh, you know go go do you <laughs> go be you. We're, we're we want you to work with us because you're already you. We're not going to then ask you to be someone else because you joined us. So keep doing that thing. Mm-hmm. So very scalable uh, model, and I can I can almost hear the people, some of the people I know who listen to this podcast screaming through their earbuds saying, "Well, he's creating his own competition. He's creating his own competition. You know, he's letting them be their living, be their best selves. He's giving them the playbook. He's giving them access to the clients. And you know, what's going to stop you know employee number thirty one from doing what Colin did and and creating Stratosphere two point and doing his own thing or her own thing." They might well. Okay. Does that, does that bother you? Does <laughs> no. that concern you? Why not? No. Um, Why not? 
I think because uh, I would wish them well. <laughs> uh, I also know that not everyone really wants to run a business. It's it's hard. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of responsibility. Um, when you're if you're just independent, you know, doing your own thing. All right, that's not too bad. But if you're you really want to grow a, a company at size and scale. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about having people's livelihoods depending on your decisions. And that, that's a whole nother level. Uh, and one, I don't think we really, really thought too deep, <laughs> deep, deeply on until we were kind of in the thick of it. Um, you know, we, once we started hiring people as, all right, this, you know, we, we, it's no joke now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's real. Yeah. Uh, and we want to make sure that we have enough work for people and, and, uh, we, we've held on through some pretty lean times um, to people that we knew were good and wanted to keep within our, our, our family, our community, uh, where I think a lot of consulting agencies might've just cut people. So uh, it's, it's meaningful to people we have with us. Yes, they could go off and do their own thing. They could have done that anytime. They didn't have to join us at all. So they're already those people. So, so what's the pitch then of the benefit of joining Stratosphere? Because you, you sort of mentioned that ideally they're all, they're kind of mini solopreneurs, which means to an extent, you know, they're generating some of their own revenue. So they don't, they don't have to rely on you to, hey, you know, I, I really hope Colin brings in the, the, the dollars this month. So, you know, I, I got a project to work on and I can get my paycheck. Uh, but when you're, when you're talking to a prospective employee, what are, what's the pitch or, or what's the, um, yeah, I guess the pitch of, you know, this is, this is the benefit you get from working with Stratosphere, not for, but with. Right. So, uh, many of them aren't really, you know, solopreneur minded to, to be blunt. Right. And that's, that's, I don't mean that negatively. I think, sure. you know, some people might, some, uh, there are people who aren't really interested in doing that. Um, some are, and, and some, uh, will likely go on and do really great things. I hope, uh, and, uh, so be it. That's awesome. Uh, and so, you know, in terms of, you know, people bringing their own work, we, and, and why they'd work for us is, is we're, we want to reward people for the work they've done. A lot of consulting, um, agencies are, are really built on burning people out. They make their margin really after 40 hours. And so their people are working 50 and 60 hours and, uh, you know, same salary, <laughs> but, um, you know, I had a, a a good friend of mine working consistently eighty and hundred hours for for several months at a time. He's like, "Yeah, I'm making great money." I'm like, "Yeah, I could get two jobs too. <laughs> It'd be great." Um, but I, I don't want to, mm -hmm. and so part of what we wanted to offer for for people is um, you know not only the the benefits that were you know at the the top end of the market, your your standard health and and, and all that stuff, four hundred one k and and whatnot, but uh, we took the really weird step of uh, actually paying overtime uh, for consultants. Wow! And so if you you're pay on, consultants hourly, it, well, so they're all salaried, um, but we have a formula where uh, if you work over a certain amount uh, of overtime within a, a given quarter, we'll actually compensate you for that to to based on based on your salary. And so uh, that was you know one of the things that you know when we started the company what what do we not like about consulting? Well, most of these companies will will burn you out because uh, the margins are great. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say after forty after forty hours, uh, those companies eat the entire get to eat the entire billable rate. Right. Uh, that's pretty good margin. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> so, that contribution margin is pretty good. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
we, you know, being on the receiving end of that, uh, you know, there was a, a month I worked over 300, uh, 333 hours. That's a lot of work. Uh, and I really, you know, didn't say much for it. People are trying, <laughs> people are trying to do the mental math right now. Right. Just that's, a quick 168 hours in a week. That's yeah. Twice, twice, a twice a man, a person month. Right. So, uh, a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, one of the, one of the other things we, we just want to make a place where people feel at home and that they're, they're, they're feeling that the work they do is valued and valuable. I mean, that's, that does a lot for people. And, and if you give them that sense and security, they're, they're probably going to do some pretty good things for you. I, I want to talk about another thing that, that sort of dawned on me. And it's, um, it's how an owner founder spends his or her time in organization. And something that's actually come up a couple of times on this podcast is, hey, if you like doing the core operation, don't start a business around that core operation. And like in my first episode, Jordan Milley from Hardshore. It's like, hey, you know, if you, and it's a craft distiller comp, distillery. He's uh, like, hey, you know, if you really like distilling, don't start a distillery. Because guess what? 10% of his time is distilling because he's got to run a business. Uh, have you found that, especially as your organization has grown? When you're, when you're one or two person shop, you kind of have to do everything. But now 30 people and growing very quickly, how much of your time is actually spent doing client work and how much time is your spent managing your business? Right. That That's the continual evolution and, and the, uh, catch 20. That's, that's spot on. I mean, if, if you, it, it's one of those things, if you love doing this, uh, maybe be an individual, like a solopreneur, like you said, but if you're going to build a company around it, you're going to do less and less of that thing you love. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also kind of happen to love running a business, so it's worked out really well. <laughs> is that something you knew going into it, or is that something that you sort of that's evolved over time? Of I got into it because I was good at Pegasystems and I knew I could execute well, and I wanted to be in control of my own destiny. And over time, I've grown to realize that it's more about running a business and managing a business, and I've grown to love that too. It's definitely the 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 growth piece to me. It was a new challenge, um, and, and I really. I really enjoyed learning about it. I, I'm still learning about it. I hope to never stop learning about it um, because, you know, things change and evolve. So uh, much as the company will change and evolve, the, the, uh, I, I hope the challenges that I have now uh, are, are different challenges in, in a year or two. And, and that we're because we're, we're growing and, and facing new um, challenges or obstacles or, or you know, you know, hopefully they're all good challenges and obstacles. Like how Can you give us some <laughs> examples, some challenges you're facing right now? Oh yeah, uh, all day. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nature uh, being a business yeah, owner, right? Right, exactly. And, and you know, I, I mentioned earlier about you know con- constant organizational change management. Um, you know, part of that is uh, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs. You know, talk about either quote unquote buying their time back or firing themselves, uh, and that that's you know moving away from being that distiller to being a business owner, um, being that uh, you know person who delivers code uh, and develops. Develops uh, applications uh, to someone who advises on that. I, I get my hands dirty. Like I, I will, you know, I'll help build. This is one of the ways that, uh, and, and I still believe this. Uh, it it keeps you honest as a as a you know a business owner, an entrepreneur who is you know has a number of highly trained, very skilled, very smart people uh, working, the last thing you want to do is kind of become that person who doesn't really understand the the realities of, of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love to kind of jump back in just, you know, where it's reasonable and, and can be done to, uh, you know, stay legitimate as, sure. as it were. So uh, I think 
I know I'm interested, and I think a lot of people will be interested in. Uh, you talk a lot about process. I mean, your 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 consultants, your consulting agency is built around helping very large clients streamline and and leverage technology to help their own business processes. So, what tools, uh, what strategies, uh, what mental models do you use to manage your own business? Obviously you're not big enough to leverage a Pega systems. I'm assuming you don't use it internally yourselves, but you're talking about building some internal systems. You know, what do you use to help manage your business? Uh, so there's, there's a, a number of things. So uh, as a distributed business, we, we literally have people all over the country, um, both coasts, North and South. Um, communication is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, something a little more than email. Uh, we uh, actually use Slack, uh, which is a fantastic tool uh, to organize by, you know, any anything we want, really, uh, and communicate uh, really effectively across uh, across and within teams that, that we have. Uh, so that if, you know, anyone has a problem, uh, for example, uh, let's say there's a, a technical issue they're, they're struggling with, they can post that to a, a Slack channel uh, for us. And now you have 30 people that can help you solve that problem. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty powerful, you know, in terms of just having processes defined, you know, it, it, it can be as simple as a checklist on a word doc. It yep. doesn't have to be, uh, you know, for a small business, right? If you're a large business, that's completely insufficient. Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, but, and yet is still often more than most people have a, a lot of, uh, even in the, the, whether it's public or private sector, uh, a lot of people's or, or corporations, business processes are actually tribal knowledge. It's that person who's been there for 20 years. Oh, you know, Janice knows all about how to do this or uh, so-and-so in your customer service center um, is, you know, they're your, your best uh, CSR. And, you know, they know on their uh, 1987 green screen monitor to go uh, shift tab F7 QQ5, and that's going to get you to the right screen to enter that address change, right? Now, someone coming in out of college, Forget about it. <laughs> you know, you're not going to. You're not. The 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 training is going to take. Uh, you know, to get them up to speed is is crazy, and they'll probably leave. So, uh, if you're a smaller business, uh, and and uh, hopefully listening to this wonderful podcast, uh, you know, just writing things down that are in your head, right, uh, is a great start. That's where all process definition starts, writing something down, whether it's on a whiteboard or, or on a piece of paper or on the back of a bar napkin. Uh, it is, that's the starting point. Um, Write it be, down and iterate. Exactly. Uh, it, it's when we, thinking gets you in trouble. <laughs> it's what it comes down to. Um, and, I, you know, there's, you know, we talk about uh, decision fatigue and, and things like that. The more you have to think, the more prone you are to making mistakes. And we want to, we want to make, you know, if you're a, a good process, isn't something you have to think about. You just, okay, what's next? Oh yeah, this go do, 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 do done. I didn't really have to put a, the, the process itself wasn't the thought equity. It was actually the, the resolution of the work. Mm-hmm. And so is that, is that what you are spending a lot more of your time now trying to process, to create, systematize and, and create process around the, the scalability and the growth of Stratosphere? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's something, you know, in the last few months, we, our, our leadership team has really identified in, in terms of what we're not doing well, because we're, we're, we're hypercritical of ourselves. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we always are looking to see what, what doesn't feel right. And one of those things is our, um, you know, some of our operations pieces in terms of, you know, how do we bring, you know, the, the last year has been great. Um, we brought on our, our first uh, non-technical uh, person to do a, as an HR and, and recruiting resource. And, and she has been absolutely fantastic for us. Um, it was me before doing, trying to recruit, trying to um, get, you know, through word of mouth or whatever it was, um, doing all the HR things. And it, it was, it was too much, uh, especially growing as fast as we were. Um, but one of the things, first things we started doing with, with her is saying, all right, let's get some processes down for how we hire people, um, how we get them onboarded, you know, let's make that process smooth, uh, and, and iterate over time. And so we're looking at some of those other processes too, in terms of, you know, how do we do contract management? What's a, is there something consistent? And and what can we do to improve that? Uh, think client engagement, that sort of stuff. So we're always looking for ways to improve that. Yeah, definition of working on the business, right? So uh, three years of of growth, thousand uh, percent. You know what's in store for the next three years? Ten thousand <laughs> percent. Uh, you might want to supersize that coffee. Right <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, I want to. You know the the. Someone asked me, you know, what your goal is, and and really, I just said I want to build the best consulting company in the world, and and you know, why not? All right, <laughs> right? Um, that really, so I, I'd say I push back a little bit. Says that that might seem obvious to you, um, but uh, it's definitely not. Uh, it's not a given that everyone's ambition is in the world. Absolutely, best sure. you know, superlative in the world. Um, so why do you say that? Because, you know, I've talked to people on this podcast and I've talked to plenty of business owners who are like, you know what? No, I just, I wanted to get to a point where I felt really comfortable as providing a great quality of life for my family. And I felt really secure and I want to just kind of stay there because I, if I grew more, it was more risk. And if I shrunk it, I had to make some sacrifices. And there was sort of like this Goldilocks scenario of being right here is exactly where I want to be. And that's, that's not right or wrong. It's just different. Right. Um, so what is it about sort of the best in the world that motivates or drives you or sets the stage for you? Cause it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really what it boils down That's to. not the answer uh, I was expecting. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I, I have no delusions that we're, you know, we're going to be the next Accenture or Deloitte or, or whatever major company, uh, consulting company in the world. Um, uh, but the, the key there is I get to find what best is. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I want to be able to continue to grow, um, uh, continue to, to laugh about it. Uh, cause this, you know, I'm, I don't, you know, I don't come from money. I don't, I'm just, I'm, I'm like about the averagest dude in the world. Uh, and you know, the, the fact that I'm doing this is, is all wrong to begin with. So, Why do so, you say that? Uh, just, you know, I didn't, didn't go to business school. Didn't, you know, never really, uh, I was never even a manager and then just, you know, started my own business. What the heck? Um, and it's, it's, uh, amusingly worked out. Uh, yeah. So, you know, in terms of building, uh, you know, the, the best company in the world, I, you know, I love what we're doing. I want to keep doing that, um, for as long as it's fun. Sure. So I guess, how do you define best then? So you say one of the benefits is you get to, you get to define best. Totally true. So how do you define it? Uh, honestly, uh, you know, market reputation, I think I, I, and, and 
I want to gauge that by who wants to work for us. Like that, that's really what I see. Um, one of them, that's an internally focused metric, not an externally focused one. It is. Um, you know, you, you look at somebody like, uh, like McKinsey or something like that, right? They're, they're well-known, they're well-respected. They are like the, yeah. Right. Um, they're not, 60 million people, you know, they're not a massive consulting agency. They are, they're big, um, but they're known for top talent, expertise, all that. Um, and people want to work for them. It's hard to work for them. Uh, and that's kind of where we like to, would like to be and, and try to be is, um, you know, a place where people would want to work because they know the people that work there are good. And, and that having that carry through. So is that, is that a goal that you think you'll ever get to a point where you say, yeah, we made it? I don't think there's a made it moment. Yeah. Um, well, it's hard when that, when the, when the way you define best, it's hard, right? right. It's hard to say, yeah, we made it. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, I don't expect to have that moment. Um, I, that moment I think is, a, I, if I reach it, I'm going to hopefully recognize that's a lie. The false, <laughs> false peak. Right? Yeah. Uh, there is no peak. Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, a- Amazon's still trying, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Google is still trying uh, every day to get bigger and better and and do things uh, differently uh, for tomorrow. And sure. so, uh, you know, once you say, ah, I'm the best, you're probably going to get knocked over pretty quick. Uh, and that's, that's the thing. Uh, it is a, uh, one of the things, especially in, in, at least in consulting is it's, it's hard to remain static. If you're remaining static, you're probably falling behind. I think you'd say that about any business. Yeah. Any business. Um, awesome. Well, I think that's a, that's a good sentiment to wrap up. I, I wrap up all my podcasts with a couple of questions I'd ask everyone. Um, so the first one, uh, I think it would be, be interesting with you, given your your growth. Imagine there's this magic pause button in life where you could press it, and four months you didn't have any anything going on. Couldn't take a vacation. That's what a lot of people say. Uh, but you had to allocate that time somehow to furthering your goals at Stratosphere. But you didn't have any of the day to day. You know, no 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 deployments, no hiring. It's just the business pause. But you had four months to totally dedicate to trying to push the ball forward in some way, shape, or form, Stratosphere related. How would you allocate that time? Um, I would do a lot of reading, self-education, I think would be a big thing. Uh-huh. Um, uh, business organization, all that stuff. Uh, I would work on building out, uh, at least what I believed were some of the operational gaps that I think we need to close. Um, you know, that is already a focus. So sure. If you can give me four months, I'll, I'll take some of that time to, to work on. And is that tech? Is that process? Is that just, you know, going, writing down stuff or is that building tools to help do things more efficiently? M- mostly it is just writing stuff down. Um, and, and if we can find a tool that makes our lives easier, even, you know, whether it's Pega, uh, or it's like something like Slack, let's, let's go do that. Um, and so, you know, that, that'd be another big chunk of time. I would also probably spend a little time um, develop, developing some product strategy and products, uh, you know, in and around the Pega platform to kind of help us uh, kind of promote uh, ourselves in particular uh, niches when where we have an expertise. So. Got it. A little bit of like a value add. Yeah, exactly. Stuff, stuff that you prepackage that, hey, you have this problem, you know, we're going to leverage the Pega platform to solve it. Right. Got it. Yep. That'd All be right. it, I think. Next question, uh, million dollars. You had to reinvest it back into Stratosphere. Please. 
how would you do, how would you allocate those people, dollars people 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 that's Just it hire we would hire uh, I'd, I'd hire and train and and get more people into the ecosystem that's, that's what i do with it not worried hands about, down not worried about work to fill their time we'll get there we'll get it it's coming interesting yeah i like it i like <laughs> me, it me too <laughs> awesome well colin thanks a lot for being on the show really appreciate it anytime thank you so much Thanks for listening to another episode of the Big Time Small Business Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and share the show with a friend. To access show notes and subscribe to our distribution list, be sure to visit us at chenmarkcapital.com slash podcast. That's chenmark, C-H-E-N-M-A-R-K, capital.com slash podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at chenholdco, C-H-E-N holdco. Last but not least, we'd love to hear from you, so please drop us a line at podcast at chenmarkcapital.com. Thanks a lot.